and welcome to the Beginner's Handbook. I'm Jordan. I'm Jamie. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about getting your regular group of players or people that will run it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is exactly it. So whether it's trying to kind of muster a group out of thin air or whether it's you've got a group of people in mind that you would like to start playing a game with, whether again it's playing a game with them and somebody else running it or you're running it and we'll be talking about those kind of different situations and kind of different things that are kind of some way between those two Um, but to start off with I think what we'd like to know is is do you have a regular group just now and by regular group what I mean is that you're playing games with them on a frequent basis um, or are you looking for a frequent group um, or do you flit in and out of groups you know being part of a group that is regular but then bouncing off and making guest appearances elsewhere so you can let us know so if you're on YouTube uh, there's comments underneath if you are not if you're listening to us on some podcasting platform out in the ether then there's different social media that we've got about. So there's Discord there, where we also have a looking for group. Um, so you can go in there and hit anybody else up and potentially see if there's somebody out there that that suits you. Um, so there's that there. Um, there's Facebook as well. And, you know, every kind of big social media platform that's kicking about we're, we're somewhere, I think. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that I'm pretty curious about, and we'll probably speak about our side of this, but if anyone's listening that's already got a frequent, like, or a regular group that they actually play with, would like to even hear how that started and how that kicked about, because our experience mm-hmm. is probably quite different. And then I've had different experiences making or kind of getting involved in other groups that I play with. Mm-hmm. God forbid that I break up our normal group and play with others. But um, it would be nice to actually see what, how other people have met up, whether it's actually been online you've started getting yeah. into the hobby. Maybe mm-hmm. it was through... Maybe it was in person, you've been invited, which mm-hmm. I think is a bit less. I, I hear that less, or happening less. Um, but I, I, again, I suppose it sort of depends on when when you've started. If it's been mm. during 2020 to 2022, chances are it has been online because everybody's been stuck at home. Um, whereas if it was, you know, 1984, then, well, probably. Probably it wasn't the internet unless you're some sort of time traveling genius. Yeah, yeah. But one thing as well with the uh, Stranger Things being out over the last wee while, it was mm. shedding a light on D and D. So maybe we'll see more people getting into it after all these seasons that they've done. I think they've done a lot of it in whatever the latest season was. Yeah, yeah. And again, kind of sort of TV show before that that I can kind of think of off the top of my head. Like it's called The Big Bang Theory. Again, it ah. featured quite a lot in that, so I think that's that's probably been a sort of modern peak of it. And then I don't know, don't have any stats here. Maybe somebody can help us out there. Um, but maybe it, in my head, it's possibly tailed off a bit, and then it's kind of peaked again with the Stranger Things, um, large, um, live stream show. Uh, uh, Jamie's favourite. Oh. My favourite. Um, and, you know, other other stuff like that. Again, Stranger Things, lockdown, you know, the internet. Um, but yeah, it'd be kind of interesting if somebody somehow tracked that or done a survey or something. When did you first start playing? Mm-hmm. How did you get into it and things? 
But anyway, that's a different topic for a totally different day. But, uh, I, I'm hesitant to, to to actually say it, but potentially if you're on Spotify, there'll be a poll for it. Because I've seen there's polls on Spotify and stuff. I forgot to tell you oh. about this. Um, you can do polls and things for your episodes. So, Ben, we would like to hear how that was, how you guys got your regular groups. Um, I know some people get into regular groups, and sometimes you're like, "I'm out of this. See you later." But that's okay too. If you've had an exit strategy for one, I'd love to hear that. that I'm really yeah. interested in that. But um, yeah, that's that's the kind of general mm-hmm. questions. But I think then just to kind of kick off, I think for me, Jamie, what what for you? What's a regular group, a D and D or any role playing group? Yeah. So for me, regular, I'm, I'm probably kind of elastic on what mm-hmm. counts as being regular. So a lot of people. To me, when you say regular or frequent or you know whatever, mm-hmm. th- that's that's what they think about. Think about frequency. They think about time. So they think you know once a week or once every other week or like you know every single day for eight hours or you know whatever. It's a really really kind of short time period between games. For me, a regular group is that you've got kind of 90% plus of that group at every game that you're at. So the actual time period between the games isn't too important for me um, because, you know, different people, you know, with their lives have got different things going on. They could be married, kids, you know, working shifts in a job or, you know, whatever it is. So frequent a frequent group to me, or sorry, a regular group, not frequent, mm-hmm. is, you know, hitting that kind of 90% mark with that group um, rather than, like, you know, you spend 50% of your role-playing time here and 50% of your role-playing time here or or whatever it is. So a frequent group, I would say, is kind of, or sorry, a regular group, I keep saying frequent, um, I, w- I would say is kind of in that sort of higher percentage mark and again it's maybe not as high as 90% you know it could if you've got two groups that you bounce between and again that could be regular because you know you're splitting your the biggest chunk of your time evenly between those two groups but that's that's the kind of thing that I would think as as a regular group rather than you know that you're doing it again in a in a sort of time-based thing, but what about yourself? How do you see regular groups? I think kind of the sentiment behind all that is kind of very similar for me as well. I think, um, I mean, when you say regulars, my mind goes to the pub regulars, so, and that is every week. But for me, I think the thing that's, what would be our regular group? It's like, mm-hmm. but with our group, you know, it's like, it is like the same people. Like, it's mm-hmm. there every single week. Um, there's a group of guys, another group that I'll maybe speak about them in more detail later about how we came together, but it's generally the same faces that are coming. Now, mm-hmm. give or take, there's now about 10 or 11 people in that group, and God damn, it gets unmanageable, by the way, mm-hmm. at least in busy games. Uh, one of the, the games I did here I actually didn't have enough seats, um, which is actually where one well, of my chairs broke. I was going to say, you definitely don't have enough seats uh, now. Well, yeah. I'm now another seat down. But I literally sat like in, in my living room. It's like a big, long living room. And I've got a kind of big desk or table, a dining room table. And uh, there's seats around the Sim- whole thing. Similar to this one. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, for the, for the YouTube people, uh, similar to this one. For the audio listeners, where the mic is sitting oh, on top of. For, for the audio listeners. Similar to that one. Yeah. 
that big that big one. Um, so th- there's plenty of seats around it, but the issue was I'd run out of seats, so I had a bucket chair and I was practically in the middle of this living room mm. and I was shouting, like, standing over everyone with a laptop in one hand. It was way too much, man. It was really hard. It was a difficult game as well on top of all of that. But anyway, that's for me, the what's a regular group is actually less about how frequent you do it, although I think it's actually the consistency is the big one. So even if it's like... Oh, you only play every couple of weeks, you know, once a month or once every six weeks, whatever it may be. Having that consistency is going to be nice because mm-hmm. it's the same faces you see. I think that for me, that's a fundamental bit. It's the same folk you're seeing, even if you've got some people that dip in and out. That's okay. I mean, that doesn't mean I'm not a regular. You know, mm-hmm. it just means they that's what they can commit to, and that's fine. Um, yeah, yeah. And again, when it comes to being a regular, um, you've you've got kind of a couple of viewpoints you've got if you've got a group and you've got somebody that's there and they make it every second or third game and whatever schedule you've got looking at it from your viewpoint you might not view them as a regular because they're only there every second or third time Mm -hmm. and in your eyes they're a kind of a guest player or you know whatever way you want to think about it but flipping it from their point of view going back to that kind of percentage based thing of their time mm. if you look at it well if they're spending 100% of their time always going to their games from their point of view they are a regular at that because that's where they're committing their effort to and again with different people it might be that you know with some people that they literally have got a very small amount of time and then they're giving you all their time and then with other people it might be that there's just not as big a desire there so that they're that's why they're kind of in and out of games or whatever but again that's the way that I would kind of look at it or Mm -hmm. one of the things I would say to people is remember that you know there's there's two sides to it there's the group's point of view and the people that are there and then there's the kind of person who's not necessarily a main member of the group and their point of view as well yeah I mean I think that for at least for us that's mm-hmm. what kind of sums it up and if anyone's listening or watching and has a different opinion let us know I mean at least this is just our experience of it um, I mean I've got a few different kind of groups of guys that I'll, I mean I've run or play three or four games a week at the moment and it's going to go down at least by one mm-hmm. so that'll be nice but um, it's, they're all different groups that I play with and some there's some that's family and there's some that's pals well actually the rest of them are pretty much pals mm-hmm. and one of them's like a local comic shop group that got together um, just through playing mm-hmm. at a comic shop and we played most Mondays or you know most Mondays at least um, and early on I was certainly running all, all of those games but um, aye so I think that's our kind of what that's mm-hmm. our definition of regular groups anyway mm-hmm. So I wonder then if it would be good to actually hear, I mean, we know this, but I would like to hear you kind of, how we became regulars, like how did we get our regular group of people if it's just our guys? Um, what's your kind of thoughts on that and how that came about and stuff? I'm just curious. So <laughs> my version of events um, is... Nobody wanted Jamie to play, that was it. <laughs> he just yeah. tagged himself along. Yeah, I, I just hung up. <laughs> Is that you guys in there? Um, so there are at the moment there's there's basically four of us. Um, although earlier on there was a larger number, uh, and this will 
I think we'll circle back to this at some point probably just when the conversation uh, drifts on a little bit um, but basically one of that group mentioned to everybody else that they'd like to try it out and that wondered if we would turn up and we'd play and, and see how it goes so the kind of background context for that is all of us at that point there was six so the six of us we had all went to high school together so we all knew each other and this was maybe two or three years after leaving high school we were all mm -hmm. still in touch albeit that there's only four of us that are frequent players going back to that um, and we all decided to try it out so we done one game and then we done the kind of follow up game to that so kind of two or three games in was that kind of original kind of test in the water sort mm -hmm. of campaign then after that um, I think at that point we kind of went down to about five at that point for the next two or three games mm -hmm. and of those five the two that would drop out to leave the four they kind of drifted in and out between them and that's how the five was made up so that was another campaign that went for another maybe five or six games so that whole period maybe went over a couple of years I think mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I think right. the games were done maybe once every other month mm -hmm. roughly um, and sometimes a bit longer I think and then there was other times it was a bit shorter but can average in once every two three months and then that's roughly what happened then we get left with the four of us um, and then we've done you know different games it wasn't just D&D &D, it was D&D &D originally that's then we've done stuff. one or two other mm -hmm. games then we kind of ended up in the sort of lockdown period where we've done our kind of longer campaign and we've played kind of more frequently so bar maybe a kind of one two months period in like 2020 and a one two months period in 2021 we've played kind of once a week on average from that point the four of us and pretty much always the four of us being there occasionally somebody would drop out for whatever reason whether it's family stuff or work related things or whatever but mm -hmm. in general our kind of <laughs> our average attendance is probably about 96 percent or something um between the four of us um so that's pretty much our whole sort of history of this particular group to this this point just now um when we're recording yeah i think probably out of the four percent uh, that we're not uh, kind of notched down has probably been me for that 4% uh, 3.5% um, or something yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite funny um, it's, it's certainly something that was it 2017 or something we actually, I thought it was 2019 but that's definitely not right well definitely before we started I'm sure I can't, I can't remember it's been a long time anyway we've been playing I'm, I'm thinking it's earlier than that and I've got I don't, 2017 in my I head I don't have anything to to base that on Aye. other than I'm thinking well we left school 2012 and it wasn't initially after that in fact when did you end up in Paisley Aye, that was when did you first move in 
It was a long time ago. Anyway, it was eight years before two years ago. So 2012, probably 2013. Was it for eight years? So if you say 2013, maybe 2015, that's vaguely ringing a bell. Yeah, so it's been a while that we've hung out, and really this group came out of, literally the guy that we spoke about came in and said, oh, Mm. do you want to try playing D&D? Oh, yeah, sorry, I think the kind of point I was driving at there was that we were a group of friends, one of our friends said, would you like to play this? And then we agreed, and then it went from there. I think that was... (laughs) <laughs> what I was supposed to say. I mean, it, one of the things though with it is it's funny because I remember him being quite surprised by it. But then I suppose, but for me, it's like, I, I, you've probably, mm. if you've listened to the podcast before, you'd, you'd know this, but I played like all Cthulhu and stuff way before then. Wasn't super avid at it or anything, but I'd, mm. I'd played quite a bit of it um, just for quite a long time, just through one of my family members who it turns out loved all that stuff. I used to play D&D when I was a lot younger, but moved towards the dark side of the occult and all of the cosmic stuff. But um, I know, and the guy actually said, this when I do it, and he's like, like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I play Call of Cthulhu. He was like, what? You do? Um, and then it just became, I was playing for however long it's been now, a long, long time. Mm. Um, so I pretty much, I would say that's probably, that, that's how I remember it as well. It's very mm. much like, just do what I do it. And we, were, we all just said, yeah, because what's the point in not trying it out? You know, that was really yeah. our attitude by it. Although I'm sure... Maybe no, I didn't have. For me, I remember thinking about D and D and going, ah, it's a bit much. It's a bit mm. too nerdy for me. Even though I'd sat and played Call of Cthulhu, but I found D and D was like more complicated and it was fantasy. Mm. Now I'm not. At least at the time, wasn't really that into fantasy. Not that I didn't like it. Just didn't indulge mm. in a, a lot of it. The same as sci-fi. Yeah. Other than like the core alien films and stuff, which mm-hmm. is like the lo-fi stuff, um, I hadn't really got my feet in those genres. So. And I like horror, so that's why I was okay with Cthulhu-based stuff. But I was happy to try it. It ended up being a dead mm. fun game. We all get the Red Plague or something, I think. Yeah, I, I can't... Might have been my fault. I can't remember, and I think in a previous episode we ended up kind of debating who actually had it. Yeah. I think. Um, Inconclusive is yeah. the answer. Um, Much like I was trying to figure out when we started playing officially, um, I think every episode as well that we've recorded from... The first one, I think we keep shaving a year or two off. Yeah, but then it's also the start of the Big Dwarf campaign, which we've mentioned before, mm. that we can never... Re- I think it was 2019. No, it doesn't matter what year it was. It was 2020, I checked. Definitely 2020. I, I, I checked it, it out. Definitely it was during, during lockdown. the lockdown. I thought yeah. it was the first one that we played during that period, but as it turns out, it wasn't. It was... It wasn't? Maybe the second or third game in. I didn't realise um, it was as much as that. It, games yeah. during lockdown, but... I, in terms of like becoming or like getting a regular group, that's certainly mm-hmm. our experience. And like I, one that I've got is, is kind of different. Is there's a group of guys I've been playing with for a, a year now. It was a year as of today, exactly today. It was the thirteenth. Um, so a year ago today, um, we've been running the same campaign. We actually wrapped up the act two of it kind of last week, but we actually got together slightly different. It wasn't like what somebody mm-hmm. said. Do you want to play it? It was actually one of the guys, I think, I can't remember if we had a conversation around D&D or, uh, it came up, I'm sure, mm-hmm. and one of them had said, oh, we've all wanted to play D&D, or I've wanted to play D&D, but because of my crazy work schedules and, like, four on, four off, or whatever it is, five on, five yeah. off, 
um, they could never find groups that would mm-hmm. actually kind of not yeah yeah it would be like join when you can but that was as best as they were going to get and that mm-hmm. was like once every six weeks or something so I ended up never kind of doing it and speaking to one of the other guys individually it was like he had the same opinion or same feeling and mm-hmm. one of the other guys said I was up for playing it just never thought about asking folk so once it kind of came up I said well why don't we try a game just give it a go and see what mm-hmm. you think we'll do a one shot um, and if he's like it we can see if we want to keep doing other games so and that it, it was a one shot that I wrote and it turned into a whole whole huge campaign with mm-hmm. loads of thousands of words uh, tens of thousands of words in it but um, I, that's certainly like j- just becoming regular it isn't always somebody that says hey I, I want to run games for years and he's all go yes please sir um, there's other ways of doing it and <clears throat> I mean definitely you could always say to someone can you do you want to play D&D or whatever insert RPG here and they might say yeah and then you can say well do you want to run it for us <laughs> less likely to get that to happen but it certainly happened um, and that's fine if somebody wants to volunteer to run it yeah and I mean that's not quite what happened to us so with us it yeah. was you know our friends decided that yeah. they wanted to do it and because they wanted to do it they kind of put in the background research what do we need what do we need to do how do we get about doing it and then because they'd figured that out they then turned up to us and went do you want to play it so they approached all of us as players rather mm-hmm. than as potential yeah. dms gms yeah. whatever um so they they kind of had their battle plan and they kind of went with it at that point um and like Jordan's saying, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is exactly what you need to do. You could turn around and go, like, if you know that somebody is, again, is, like, a, a decent storyteller, you know, whether that's, you know, they're, they're into poetry or they write poetry, short stories, whatever. If you know that there's any kind of thing like that going about, anything creative going on, then they are a good shout to approach to see if they want to come up with a story to then run as um, a game Um, so I think the kind of main thing is if if you've got a potential like group of candidates if you like from your you know your personal life or through work school college whatever then figure out what they're all like as people and then once you've figured that out then you'll probably get an insight into where they fit on the spectrum of player DM or if they're kind of floating about in the middle somewhere yeah it's it's certainly worth kind of looking at Um, I think that kind of leads us quite nicely into kind of how what's your thoughts and kind of if you're needing to either look for or start we maybe do start starting a group because that's probably mm-hmm. the hardest and looking for groups is pretty easy and um, we can summarise that pretty quick but if you wanted to go and start a group of, let's say we stop playing D&D like mm-hmm. now and never we're never playing it again mm-hmm. how is it you go about if you wanted to keep playing it um, finding that group of people that might become your regulars or your regular group uh, well it ultimately kind of depends on I think how good you are at reading between the lines. Um, if you're if you're naturally quite 
good at getting subtext when people are talking. You know, although somebody said, you know, that they were fine, you actually kind of pick up that they're a bit ticked off at something or whatever. You know, if you're good at that sort of a thing, naturally your intuition is probably going to be pretty good. So if you're that sort of a person, then probably go with that more than, right, well, I know for a fact that, you know, the person that I work with, you know, mentioned that they've seen the Lord of the Rings once, right, I'll go ask them, right, they kind of bin that side and rely more on that. Um, so top of the tree would be intuition if you're if you're good at that. Um, if you're not so good at that or you're, you know, you're a bit unsure of yourself in that situation, then at that point figure out, well, you know, what what is each individual person that you're potentially asking like? So again, if you know that somebody naturally is into fantasy type stuff, so whether that's Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings or whatever, well, they are probably going to be a good D&D candidate. Um, if you know that somebody's really into Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, well, they are probably a good candidate for something like Stars Without Number. If you know that somebody's into kind of horror type stuff then they're probably a better candidate for Call of Cthulhu or whatever so knowing what game you want to try out is going to give you a hand before you start looking for your group of players because then what you're doing is you're matching the system to the players rather than the player, or sorry you're Am I saying that the right way around? I've, <laughs> I've kind of tripped myself. Yeah, matching there. your players to the system. Yeah, so you're matching the players to the system, not the system to the, the players. So you know that that's what you want to do. So you know that you've got enthusiasm behind it or at the very least some curiosity there. So if you can find people that will more than likely want to go down that route, then you're more than likely going to find players which are going to be similar minded to yourself and it should create a decent atmosphere at the table and, and so on and so on and so on um, kind of in order to priority a kind of who to find out and who to ask um, depending on what your family situation is like because um, again families can be very very varied if you are competitive family maybe not the best choice to look at first of all um, you know monopoly boards getting fired across rooms and all that sort of stuff so depending on how your family is they might be a good first kind of option to start looking through and if you're on the more competitive side then maybe look out with your family maybe put them at the bottom of that pile um, next best sort of group to look through is friends then sort of next best group from that is friends of friends if you kind of roughly know who they are um, and then at the bottom of that probably work colleagues or people that you're at school uni with whatever um, and again that just all kind of sort of makes sense you're working from the people that you spend the most time with down to the people that you spend the least time with uh, very bottom of the the pile is just going out in the street with a big placard and walking up and down until you gather enough people, I suppose. Um, but yeah, and through doing that as well, then hopefully you know your friends pretty well, which means that you 
going back to that original point of figuring out what they're like and then getting them to match up with whatever game you want to play. Um, and the kind of other than getting people that you think are going to like a particular system, which means that they're more likely to say, right, when's the next game, rather than and you're looking at their watch the whole time. Um, so a next thing down from that is going to be, you know, how they actually are in terms of like to get on with and things. So if you've got, again, who, whoever it is, family, friends, whatever, if you know that they are going to be understanding that this is the first time that you're putting something together or again if you're more experienced player if they're going to be understanding that to properly get their head around the game is going to take a bit of time is going to take a learning process then again they're they're a decent candidate to try and get on board because you know that if there is going to be a little hiccup at some point along the way, which there will be. I mean, even if you're a professional, there'll be hiccups through, you know, going slightly blank on a particular rule or stat or whatever it is, or whether it's, you know, more profound than that and it's you just have got no clue what it is that you've been asked or, or what it is that's supposed to happen next. Then if you've got somebody that, again, is naturally empathetic or whatever, then they're going to be a better choice for you for doing uh, or for assembling that group um, just because they're going to they're gonna cut you some slack. Um, whereas if if you've got somebody that, again, is again maybe naturally more competitive or whatever, they're maybe not a good choice for a sort of first group um, because if they're competitive, then they're going to be approaching D&D from the kind of, right, okay, so we start off, you know, this is our, this is what we've got and you get given whatever the quest is so they're, they're focusing on accomplishing it, which, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, that's what you're trying to do, but that's their either their sole focus or their main focus to accomplish the quest rather than maybe having a kind of slightly more balanced and I'm using inverted commas for balance there a balanced approach where you know they're kind of they're focused on achieving the, the the goal but they're also you know staying alert for different other things that are popping up during the game different different side quests that are popping up that actually might make the main quest easier to complete or might actually give a clue which then leads to a decision to abandon the main quest because it's actually an ambush or you, you know whatever's happened happening plot wise if you've got somebody that's not as competitive then you know they tend to kind of look at the bigger picture rather than get too focused down um, and that's kind of a through experience thing because I'm quite competitive in things naturally so when I was first playing D&D and getting into it that's originally why I thought I'm not 100% sure whether mm. I'll be a, a regular player if I'll, um, if I'll end up committing to this because at the time I thought it seems a bit kind of a bit vague, a bit woolen and I'm not quite sure 
I'm not quite sure if this is for me, but then through time and things, it, you know, it's ended up a different story. But um, I think that's kind of, I think that's kind of the sort of main things that I can think of just now. Um, mm-hmm. Anything else that you would think for gathering a group of players physically? Yeah, probably. I, I think I think actually you're talking about the competitive. Uh, that can be. I know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I know some people that have joined maybe first time, and they treat D and D like it's Skyrim, <laughs> and then they fight with everybody at the table. Mm-hmm. Like not like really bad or anything, but it's like clearly they want to be better than everyone. It's like it just doesn't work. And that's maybe more up to you. If you're if you're newer to playing or running games and you're trying to get a regular group of players, it's something to consider what sort of game you're running and how clear you're being about that game to them. Uh, but I think actually this is a bit more of a U-turn, um, not a U-turn, but a kind of sidestep from kind of getting a group of D&D players. But actually, mm-hmm. one thing you said that I think is important, because it, it's not really that hard to find a group, but I mean, f- it's really about the shotgun blast, the people at least you want to play with, and you just mm-hmm. ask them, and maybe don't overstretch yourself. Maybe get a handful of folk at most, yeah, and just see because people will dip in and out based on their interests, like what you were saying, yeah, um, with yeah. yourself, yeah, um, probably a good start on numbers three to four players. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and I probably wouldn't go much higher, uh, higher than that at all. Not for the first session of guys. Yeah. You want to make sure that everyone gets on. That's partly why I've got a couple different groups because some I know these guys don't like these guys because they've met each other before, you know. Mm-hmm. But I also know like if the games that we do, the other guys that I run with, they like to just drink and get smashed, you know. Whereas I know our guys would probably really hate that, you know. So yeah. So these there's these different groups for different like gaming reasons, but also because it's different friend groups too. Um, yeah, yeah, naturally that as well. Yeah, and going back. Just quickly before mm-hmm. you carry on with what you're saying, um, the three, four kind of player maximum for a new group, I would probably stick to that if it's a new group because even if you're an experienced DM and you know what you're doing, you've still got three or four people that are sitting there that don't know what they're doing, yeah. which means your time, like if you've got one new player there, then they're getting 100% of your time and then if there's other players there that are more experienced then they get what's going on and they can either pick up a bit of the slack or you know they don't need as much input from you if you then get two new players there then that 100% of your time to keep an eye on them is now down to 50% if you've got three that's now down to 33% and if you then get four, it's then down to twenty five percent. So every single time a new player pops up, then the the time that you've got to make sure that, that they're getting on okay and you can steer them through things is dropping quite drastically. Yeah, well, that's one thing as well. If you do, I'm not so worried about it. If you want to have more than like a couple of players, but it's just certainly if you're a new. Uh, GM, I certainly would not recommend it. But just bear that in mind. If you are going to do more, you're going to have less time for each new player to try and describe the rules. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, unless you've done that a lot before, and I've been kind of fortunate enough to do a lot of that. But even then, like I had a game, I had like ten folk I mentioned it earlier, mm-hmm. and there was three new players there, and I'm like, I'm we're trying to wrap this tonight because people are going on holiday, and we were. So I, I was spending significant time with them, mm-hmm. you know, but then there was other people that were getting just wrecked. So it was just, it was hard to juggle. 
But if, just bear that in mind, if you are going to have, definitely, generally, if you've run D&D games before, you're probably not going to have more than six people anyway. But if you've got six new folk, like I did a new a, a game with six new people over Zoom, and it was, it was hard. <laughs> I, I still, I just, but things were all really close pal so we knew that it wasn't going to go that smooth and it was okay it was part of the pitch that I gave them almost to play it yeah. but just just remember that though I think three to four like Jamie's saying that's that's ideal because you can sit and mess around and have people not knowing stuff and re-explaining things ten mm-hmm. times there's plenty of time for it with three or four people but as soon as you've got more than that it's going to get more complicated Yeah. but just that's you You can cross that line if you want to anyway is if you're going to be doing it that way if whoever's listening wants to have more than four people go ahead just bear that in mind you, unless you're super comfortable with the rules I don't, it's going to be pretty hard to make it smooth mm-hmm. for everyone but ultimately if people are interested anyway they won't be that bothered by it mm-hmm. um, so I think as well one of the other things then kind of circling back it doesn't actually have to be D&D D&D to be fair, it's actually not super complicated. It looks super complicated, that's mm-hmm. for sure. Now, I suppose we might be a bit biased because we've played it a lot, you know, but... Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. it feel, Everything's got a bit of a framework to it, and it's all very kind of... Even though it's a path-like leveling system and stuff, everyone's get basically the same kind of cookie cut before they branch off at level one. So mm-hmm. learning the basics isn't as bad... I'm saying that though in comparison to things like Pathfinder which are there's a lot it's like D&D 5e but way harder or it's closer to 3.5 mm-hmm. um, or it's, I think it's supposed to be like the evolution of that um, it's definitely more complicated but if you want to just get people into the hobby mm-hmm. you could just try a basic system like we recently played Blades in the Dark Yep. and it was a squish I mean literally it's like it's uh, almost like just anyone can do it sort of system at least that and compared to some of the other games we've played which aren't like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or recently I've played um, the guys that I've been running the super long campaign with and um, we tried the alien RPG which is also it's got things like stress it's almost got the Cthulhu sanity thing going on mm-hmm. but it's got really brutal vicious combat like um, stars without numbers mm-hmm. um, but it's like none of the complexity with them Yeah, you know um, so you could always just try an easier system to get their feet wet into it. Mm. If, if there's a game that maybe suits maybe what they're after, and what you're after too is the person probably going to be running it. Um, yeah. It's one thing to consider. If you want a scary game that's in sci-fi, the Alien RPG is literally a skoosh, and it's not that expensive from what I remember, although I might be wrong there, because mm. last time I seen it was on a sale. Yeah, well, I got it on a sale. Um, but if you want to do D&D, that's fine. But I would actually recommend, you know if you're going to try and introduce people to it, you're probably better doing all the legwork for them before the game as well. Yeah, If, if yeah. you know what they want to play, just ask them what sort of guy they want to play and make them a character. Don't bother forcing them through character creation unless you want to do a, a session zero with, with them. Although it's technical, it depends on the players. You'll know you'll know best with the people that you're bringing to your table, um, yeah, I would say. Yeah, and again, that's the advantage of sourcing your group in person chances are you actually know them um, chances are you haven't walked down the street with a placard um, and good luck well, if you oh, have oh, uh, yeah and good luck um, <laughs> so because of that it kind of feeds back into that earlier point of figuring out the kind of person they are and then the kind of game that's going to match up with them or figuring out the kind of game that you want to play and then going through the different groups of people that you know and figuring out 
who would match up to that. So, mm-hmm. two different ways of doing it, but I think they're probably the best two ways of kind of starting off rather than just going, right, well, so-and-so is my best friend, so they're going to play this with me and then, you know, having no connection to what you're doing there and just sort of hoping for the best. Um, and again, if you if you do... If, if you match the players in the game as best you can, then you've got a good chance of getting a regular group together. Yeah, I think actually I'll circle back to this in a second because they're, they're actually getting or trying to find a regular group as a player is actually a lot easier. And literally, mm-hmm. and I think we've maybe covered this and getting started playing, but I'll just reiterate the, the key points. Mm-hmm. And that is actually just go and ask folk. Put yourself in the social media platforms. Go to your local comic shop. It's super easy. And the reality is, if you don't like a game, you don't need to keep playing it. Um, mm. There's so much on offer there. Um, I mean, there's one of the groups I'm in. I see stuff like pinging on my phone every single day, like looking for a group, mm-hmm. running a session of this game. Who wants to play it? It will be two sessions mm-hmm. or three sessions. Um, or there was one that was in Edinburgh. Saying, oh, we're going to what a regular group and stuff. Now it's quite far away from me, but it's like the options there. If somebody wanted to remote in, uh, you know, some of yeah. it, it was in person. It was like hybrid. Mm-hmm. Hybrid can be hard work, so good luck to that group. But um, it's the options there. So just it's worth just going out of your comfort zone a bit if you're not comfortable. Just put in even just on these social media platforms, even on ours. Uh, you can just put, you know, I'm looking for a group and someone will find a way to match it or you, you know, someone will, will respond and you'll be able to cherry pick basically what you yeah. want. But um, anyway, going back to kind of making your own group because that, that's basically finding one. It's actually not that hard. Um, you'll get there eventually, you know, and find mm-hmm. a group you love with a game you love, with a style you love in terms of the GM. So but in terms of starting um, your own group, I think that kind of covers getting it but after you've got a group of people on board you know and they've agreed to your first game similar to what Jamie and I had yeah. um, one thing to kind of I think for me is about letting people if you're going to set up a group and play with them and things like that just like what I've done with this another group um, it's okay to have people dipping in and out you know the, yeah. you're not going to get the first people you invite won't be that regular group that you'll have in a six months down the line or even longer um, even though everyone we played with Jamie and I played with uh, right at the start of playing D&D mm-hmm. uh, there were six and it became four but that wasn't because like people were just like I hate this it, it was, wasn't like that it was just it was just priorities changed and just people just wanted to do mm-hmm. different things and, and that's okay but after but that took whatever time that took it wasn't mm-hmm. like Two games, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the thing, and I mean, ultimately, when you look at it, then what you don't want to happen is that somebody feels obligated to turn up. Mm-hmm. So if that starts to happen, then, like in our case, not that it did happen, um, but yeah. the danger is that friendships start to get eroded because somebody feels that they have to turn up and their heart's not in it and they're just going through the motions. And then it means that just out with the game, you know, the the small things that, you know, wouldn't bother them start to annoy them and then just everything builds and 
create some issues. Um, so you've got that as a potential that can happen. But the other thing that can happen is that in our case, we ended up with four people that are playing regularly. So on average, once a week, bar some personal thing that pops up or whatever, birthday, you know, holidays, whatever. Um, but what could have happened is that if you've got somebody there that doesn't really want to be there and is kind of dragging their heels before they turn up to a session, then the likes of me, who at the start was completely unsure about it and only done it because it was a friend that asked me to do it, somebody like me who was still kind of on the fence for the first however many games might have then drifted and then never got into this. So if you're pretty sure that it's not something for you and you've given that a bit of time and, and whatever else, because again, for the likes of me just talking personally, I had to give it a bit of time. Um, again, I can't tell you how long it was because it was so far back, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe three, four games, maybe. Just I guess. Um then as long as as long as you've given it a shot and that you're not just you're you're not still in the mind frame that you came to the game with, you've you've you know, you've experienced it, you've experienced a decent range of things from the game, then okay, fine, fair enough. Don't feel obligated to still turn up again. If it's a group of friends then fingers crossed that they're all understanding about that and you're not being forced to be there and if that's not the case then uh, maybe you're not playing with a group of friends or maybe you need a new group of friends Um, so that's a question that only you can answer, I can't answer that one for you Um, so don't feel obligated and again everybody that's there will understand because it's not going to be for everyone and then on the flip side if you are the person that's brought the game to the table and you've introduced it to friends, be aware of those different things that can be happening and don't you know, don't keep bringing it up, try be smart, try read between the lines, if they're always washing their hair that night then that's maybe an indicator that they're not that into it, so you know, decrease the frequency of the invites and see if they're still picking it up and if they're interested and if that's still not happening then you know there's there's no pressure on them to still be turning up just it's yeah. not for them that's fine if you let them go then you're gonna have a better stronger core there it's like if you've got a plant and one of the flower heads starts dying off on it if you leave that there then the plant is trying to send nutrient towards it to keep it alive but the flowers that are there that are already in bloom that they're then going to start to struggle because that nutrient isn't getting sent towards them so this now sounds a bit dramatic here cut the <laughs> cut the head off get rid of it and, cut their uh, heads off is Jamie's message yes, if they don't want to play take revenge on them all um, no so it, it may be a bad kind of metaphor that I was using there but but literally in gardening and things as soon as it's called deadheading if anybody's interested you get rid of the head it then means the plant sends all the nutrient to the part of it that's still there which then keeps it in bloom for longer and you get something nice to look at so 
well, it's not really a similar thing, <laughs> similar thing that's going on there, but hopefully you kind of get the point that I'm trying to make with that, which is if somebody is in the process of going, don't don't try to keep them there. Just make it as comfortable for them to leave as possible, and then everybody that's left there is going to be even more relaxed. Is going to be even more up for it because they've not got that negative presence about the place. Yeah, that's something that kind of going off or spring, springboarding off of that like the guys that I've been doing the year long campaign with for us it was a very non-committal just do you want to try a game because I knew yeah. it's like I, I to be honest I didn't there was one person in particular I thought would not be that interested um, turns out he loves it you know mm-hmm. but you know my point of it was let's try a game and see what happens you know it's mm-hmm. not we don't need it to be big and fancy and it's not going to be I, I think I'm not sure if they were familiar with any like streams or an Xbox one or something that somebody kept talking about. Mm-hmm. But I said it's not going to be that. We're we're just having fun. It's no serious. Yeah. And they, I gave them kind of it. I talked about us and how our games can be a different style and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I said it doesn't need to be like that. We've got our own thing we can do. Um, and then cut to maybe like ten months later, and we've got like other people that have never played before joining. Now some of them weren't that interested. But, you know, I just said to the guys, like, even at the big finale we just done, one of the guys was like, he got asked to come and he said, Jordan, do I need to come tonight? And I was like, no, if you don't want to, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. do, do what you want. He said, you can just come. And it was, um, I said, if, even if you just want to come and watch, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you can just come and get drunk with folk because that's what pretty much everyone at the table is going to be doing, mm-hmm. you know. So just super non-committal. After about twenty minutes, they kind of went, oh, "I'll give it a go." And I had that said to them, I'd made characters, so I just I made it as easy as I could for them. And I think just if you're making your own group, just be aware of that mm-hmm. and let people come in and out because some people might not be interested, and some might they might say they're sick every week. Weirdly, six months of the year they're, they're sick on Saturdays. Yeah. You know, yeah. but that's okay. Let yeah. them do that. Precisely five minutes past six. Yeah, five every, every week. Yeah, yeah, I and that, but that's okay. Just let them do it. You don't need to. I mean, there's not. Mm-hmm. I've had experience before of of invites going out in like group chats and stuff. And one thing I would say, if, especially like, don't harass an individual to come, especially if. Yep. Assuming you're you're not missing the whole thing of I can't be bothered playing. Yeah. Um. But you can always throw the invite out there, you know, and just leave it open and just get them to come to you if they want to play. Mm-hmm. I've always found that's the best indicator if somebody's interested or not, because you say, "Let me know if you want to play," and then the day before you just say, "Just checking in." What's your mm-hmm. thoughts? And then they'll just say aye or no, you know, because oh, they might make an excuse up, but that's fine. At least you'll figure it out by that point. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just allow people to kind of pass through the gaps if if they don't want if they're not showing a clear indicator that they want to keep playing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly somebody I'd run recently with, and I'm like, this guy doesn't play any games. Mm-hmm. He has never played a role playing game. Doesn't even touch a PC other than like his work or a PlayStation or Xbox or anything. Doesn't even play mobile games. I'm like, he is not going to want to play this. There's no way he's going to want to play this, especially not after the really hard game they played. And he was like, I want to play more. When's the next one? I was like, what? How did this happen? But then if he said no, I'd be like, or if he didn't say anything, I'd be like, that's fine. Yeah. But if he came to me, I went, holy crap. I can't yeah. believe this. Yeah, because... Maybe it's FOMO. <laughs> oh, sorry, that's fear of missing out for those that don't know what FOMO is. Or for those who are worried that they weren't going to figure out what that acronym was and they were worried about missing out. Um, 
But yeah, I think that was, again, one of the things for me, like originally when I first kind of coming to the game to then play it in my head, I was thinking, you know, like your, your caricature that you would see on something like the Big Bang Theory or whatever, so you're going, right, so it's a game, but there's no real set plot to the game and, you know, kind of approaching it from that sort of PlayStation angle mm-hmm. and yeah. you know being a bit confused and going right what's well, kind of going on here but then the likes of him as well the fact that he's not in the PC games mobile games PlayStation you know whatever and that you're going right well he's probably not going to be into this you know because it's a kind of not your standard way of playing a game but one of the first things that I kind of clicked with it is I went right playing D and D is kind of like turning up to one of those murder mystery weekends mm-hmm. where you know there's <laughs> somebody and they're talking to you one minute somebody turns a light out and then they're lying in the ground and oh no they've been murdered you know or whatever it so happens to be uh, and then you've got that group of people going about trying to solve whatever you know fake murder yeah. or whatever's happened when I kind of seen the sort of similarities between the two I went ah right okay I'm kind of getting this a bit more now so with the likes of him it might be more of the puzzle element more of the challenge element more of the figuring out part of it rather than the game element of it certainly the the drinking element was a was a factor for the mm-hmm. guy I know that's for sure and then but but when they played we played Alien and the guys like my two favorite films are Alien and Aliens I went perfect this guy is going to love this it's mm-hmm. bloody there's aliens there's guts there's fear um and it was good so but ultimately if I came in super strong with that guy or if I made it sound like you had to commit to games because he was joining this one game. Yeah. That, now, it was a big game, but, <clears throat> you know, this is a new guy. And I, I did put as much time as I could, to, even though it was very busy, uh, to kind of help him with the rules and stuff and encouraging role play. And he cracked out some awesome role play and stuff. I was like, I did not expect this. Now, maybe it was because he was drunk, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> he still enjoyed it and he still remembers it. <clears throat> so I think for me that's important. Just allow for pass-throughs, um, I think kind of moving on sorry people to pass through the gaps and let them pass through the gaps don't clutch at the last bits of their hair that's falling through the cracks just let them go and don't be weird about it um, I think moving on uh, I, I think for me as well having regulars and this is quite for us we knew we were mm. going to play most weeks yep. but for some of the other like I mentioned that guy there um, I, I was surprised was interested he's maybe now going to be a regular but mm-hmm. that's a whole group of guys that it kind of came out of that let's try one game and now it's became yeah. a, an incredibly hard set of games to juggle when you've got full players or not literally mm-hmm. not enough seats at the table um, to actually have them but um, f- f- a big starting thing for us and it's worth if you're starting a new group may- maybe trying to put the feelers out for this but don't force people to commit to it if it's quite a lot of games. Um, but regulars, in my opinion, can be any time. It doesn't need to be every single week. It can be yeah. once a month. I think I've said this already. In the, the case of the guys I just spoke about, it was literally, when can we play a game? It's probably, on average, going to be every six weeks or something. So, And it wouldn't be every six weeks on the dot. It might be seven or eight weeks, or it might be every maybe twice in a row, and then nothing for eight <coughs> weeks. 
So, but we knew that going in. So I planned games for that, like not yeah. expecting to see them. We just check in at the start of the week or like middle of the week and just see, are we able to do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But that's still a regular group just because it's an irregular time or schedule doesn't mean it's not a regular group of guys or it's not the regulars or the boys type thing. Um, so I think that's worth thinking about. I don't know if there's anything else to add, though. It's quite plain English, that. But Yeah, so I, I kind of touched on this a little bit mm-hmm. earlier on in this episode and I think maybe in our kind of getting started either either playing or running, I can't remember which one, but kind of one of those episodes. You need to think about your group from the point of view of what is so-and-so's 100%. -hmm. So for the likes of myself just now, my 100% is turning up once a week. Mm Mm-hmm. That is because I physically can, at the moment, turn up once a week. But if it was somebody who works shifts and has got a young family and whatever else, if they can only turn up once every three weeks, but in order for them to turn up once every three weeks, they need to arrange somebody to look after their kids, that they're having to pay to do that, and that because of work and other things that they can only do that once every three weeks then them turning up once every three weeks is their 100% so it's it's so 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 easy and it's so easy with the way that the world is that everybody focuses on time <clears throat> and and people focus on themselves and they go well you know I'm here every week and you know I'm here every week whereas you're only here once every other week or three weeks or you know whatever it is but take a step back and look at that other person and ask what their 100% is so somebody that's doing that as an example going back to that somebody has to arrange childcare and you know whatever else not only are they taking their bit of free time that they could be spending with their family and whatever else but they're also having to financially commit to pay a babysitter to look after their kids or whatever it so happens to be to then turn up at that game. So for somebody that's doing that, for then somebody else to be at the table and sitting going, drawing them daggers all night because they're going, oh, you're only here once every three weeks. I mean, how committed are you? Well, they are, you know, much more committed than that person who's maybe turning up you know, two out of three weeks, if you look at it from their point of view, because they can turn up every week, but they're doing that, well, they're on 66% attendance rather than 100%. So that's that's personally what I mean by what is their 100%. And again, even just generally in life as well, I think that people could do that a little bit more, take a step back and ask themselves, well, what is this person committing to and what does that actually mean for them that level of commitment yeah I think you'll probably find if you've got somebody that is a bit like using that example because you might have that I've, I've mm-hmm. certainly seen that with the, the groups in uh, the local comic shop mm-hmm. where one of the guys that was running stuff was 
moaning because somebody couldn't make it and all that. And he's like, ah, I designed games around this character and he's, he's done this. I've known him for two years and he does this all the time. And I was like, we should know better if you've known him for two years and he does it all the time. Like, don't make stuff. I mean, it's not that hard to switch the character. You just change the guy's name. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he got quite annoyed about it. He, he kind of eased off a bit. But, you know, if you find people are a bit like that, they're probably not worth actually having in a group. See if you're going to get people that are just going to be toxic. It's not worth it. Because over mm-hmm. time, that's going to bleed into everybody else. It, like you are saying um, mm-hmm. earlier, you know, where it's... If you have somebody that doesn't want to play, or they come in and they're always super ob- instru- obst- obstructive uh, or cause havoc every game, or argue with people at the table. I've seen that before. And I've just had to be like, use epic kind of thing. You know, I've, mm. I've had to kind of really put my foot down a few times with certain characters. But um, those sort of folk, you need to be careful with them. And like, one thing I would almost encourage them to do is slip through the cracks if that happens. Because I've had people, I've had people blasted at tables because they couldn't handle their drink. And then they fell asleep. And it's like, okay. But I've had people argue at tables as well, and I've had mm-hmm. to just tell them to zip it and get people out because it's made others at the table uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But um, now some <clears throat> some of them have been with and not with regular groups of players that we've had too. But certainly if you're making a group of guys, they're early warning signs if you're going to get it. It's not worth having them in. If, if it's your pals, it's maybe a bit different. But if you're going out your way and maybe you're in... I, I, I know people that go into... The social media platforms and say I'm running a game of Alien. Let's say uh, it'll be three games. You know who wants to play? Or we're going to run regular games every month from this time onwards, and we want six people. You know you you will see that. And if you do something like that, then it'll be a bit harder to figure out if that person's going to be a, a regular worth keeping. But certainly one thing not to neglect is make sure you're having fun with it as well. If you feel like you're getting trampled on every week, or nobody's listening, or everyone's taking their up out you. Or if you think a player's getting their up taken out of them all the time, it's certainly mm-hmm. worth just, <clears throat> just, just think about it. Just, just keep, keep at it. You, you'll, you'll weed out all the bad people, or they'll weed themselves out. At least that's what I've found. You know, I've had a couple of groups that have been a bit of a, oof, eh, been difficult. And funnily enough, this is at the local comic shops and stuff, and you've had, like, <clears throat> you're getting strangers in most weeks. Yeah. And you get people hanging on most weeks sometimes. But eventually they get bored or they whatever or you know they, they kind of get rid of themselves and just let them do it. I think the main thing is just keep at it and try and have fun. That's what I would say if you're starting up a group. Um, I think for me the big secret is is just go with the flow. Don't make it a big mm-hmm. deal. Don't make it weird. Don't force people to commit. If people aren't, if you've got a new player and they're not comfortable role playing, <clears throat> give them little bits to role play until they're comfortable. Because I guarantee you they will become comfortable. Um, and once they do they'll probably be a regular because now it's like having the black book of the bad stuff they've done if they've role played at your table doing a borderline racist accent then it's like oh that's in my black book now they won't want to leave a group after that but um, I, I think it's just worth going with, it, going with the flow when you're actually going through these we're, we're kind of giving you mm-hmm. our opinions but ultimately yeah. you'll know better you know, you'll know best sorry um, or maybe better as well when you're sitting down with groups of people and after a session you'll know yeah have I had fun now I think if it's a completely new group you might not be sure if you've had fun because mm-hmm. you've maybe overthought stuff or worried about it but the people at your table will probably give you an idea if they've had fun or not and you'll know if somebody's sitting on their phone all night probably not for that yeah. person but you'll find that that person probably won't be hanging about yeah yeah and again I think just pretty much everything that you're saying there is is, is, is the thing you know if you're using a 
getting a bit of intuition that it goes a long way with this. So you've got somebody sitting on their phone all night and then, you know, at the end of the night they're straight out the door and away. Chances are they probably didn't enjoy the game and chances are they might not be back next time. But don't go out your way to try and kind of force them back in somehow or, you know, whatever. So just go with the flow, roll with the punches. Um and again, like you were saying as well, stick at it as well because if you're a new GM, DM, you'll you'll need practice, just the same mm-hmm. as if you're a new player, you need practice. Um and if you're an experienced DM or GM, then even though you've got that experience from the mechanical side of things and whatever else and you might have experience with working with new groups um, at the end of the day because it's a new group then you don't necessarily know how it's going to how it's going to pan out personality wise as well because you know everybody's different so although somebody is similar to somebody else that you've played with in the, the past that doesn't mean that there's not some individual quirk there that just doesn't quite click with you know your personality or it doesn't quite click with your storytelling or you know whatever it is so um, I think that's that's the kind of best things with it stick at it and the worst thing you can do personally in my opinion is to to try and go out your way to get somebody back who doesn't want to be there Um, again it's not that you go right well you left after game one, so you How know dare that, you? that's you. You're you're never coming back and ever again. You know that's not the case. You know always leave the door open for them, and don't try and hold it shut when they leave. Uh, I think that's that's the best the best thing for it. That's um, something I've not really kind of written anything for, and that's the whole the whole thing. Like there's certainly people that in the bigger group that I've been mm-hmm. run, running for. There's certainly people that won't be regulars. But that doesn't mean they're not welcome to come back and play. Uh, let people almost have their guest appearances. Mm-hmm. There's one guy that came in who's like, he wasn't that interested, I don't think, but he, he enjoyed it and he makes it when he can. But it's one of these things, his work doesn't really allow for it. Yeah. But the, the guys that are the regulars, mm-hmm. we plan around our games and if the guy can make it, he can make it. And his guy gets, almost every week he's there, we give him a, or I give him a special almost guest appearance moment that brings yeah. his character back in and then jogs on at the end if he's not going to make it or whatever or at yeah. the start of the next game if he's not made it he gets a guest exit uh, as well so it's just, just go go with it. again go with the flow and kind of roll with those punches mm-hmm. and just I think fundamentally you want to just make sure you're having fun with it and as long as you find a group you're having fun with you'll probably find they become regulars mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of summarises all my stuff at least for creating your regular group mm-hmm. but there's maybe a week not a, not even a closing point but there's maybe a wee point that's jumped into my head when you were talking about um, I can't remember exactly which point it was but it came into my head have you got any thoughts on this is a wee bonus have you got any thoughts on getting rid of someone that maybe is a regular but is a complete pest to the whole group have you ever had a situation like that but probably not because it's just really been us but I've... there's there's a there's a local comic ah. shop there's certainly a couple of characters I can think of from the local comic shop stuff mm. particularly the early days it's not really a problem now but I never really nice, nice save by the way yeah <laughs> I know it's Jamie 
It's Jamie's. <laughs> um, but it's a re- Send help. <laughs> I, is there any kind of thoughts you've got in that? How how do you... Let's say there is... We've said let them slip through the cracks, but what happens if you've got that one persistent person that has a pest but they won't, they won't leave? This is maybe a topic for another episode because it's a sensitive subject and I've certainly had to caution I, some I th- players in the past, I, but it's I not think, I think we could... I think we could definitely expand on this as an episode. Yeah, um, this is quite a fun The Beginner's subject. Handbook's Playbook. And then go, right, okay, so step number one, this is what you do, right, okay. Um, off the top of my head, there's never been a situation that I've went, right, okay, we need to get rid of this person for the sake of the group. You know, there's never been anything that I've went, like the behaviour has crossed the line or, or anything like that um, so in terms of actually physically engineering something I've, I've not had to do that thankfully um, but what I would say is know who you are and be honest with yourself about who you are and, and by that I mean like if you are if you're a quiet person, right, and you you try and avoid conflict and, you know, you opt for the path of least resistance and whatever else, right, don't then volunteer to be the person that's just going to be frank and have, you know, a straight-up conversation with somebody and that you're going to be the one that's going to kick them out, right? Don't confuse yourself with your character. That's That's what I'm saying here. Um, I haven't told you this earlier on today um, I was in the bus with my dad and we were heading home and um, it was it was absolutely packed the amount of people that were on the bus that you're looking and there's normally a little sign up and it says X amount of people seated, X amount of people standing that's your maximum and you're looking and you're going I don't see that little sign but I'm pretty sure we're over the number here Anyway, um, somebody that was walking to get off the bus, everybody's having to kind of, you, you know, it's like a game of Tetris to mm. try and get people on aye, and off and this and bus. Not, aye, aye, aye. So, um, so anyway, that's happening, and um, there's there's a guy going to get off the bus, and let's just say his character didn't, or sorry, he does not match his character, let's put it that way. So as he as he's going past my dad, he goes to shovel. Which um well you know my dad and, and background, but that's basically not a, a his dad a good... is spec ops. <laughs> <laughs> not really. No, no, but um but basically it it wasn't a clever thing to do, but as he goes to do it it's one of those kind of, oh, hang on, he's a bit bigger than I thought he was. And he, he then kind of backs down from doing it. But then as he's doing it, he's like bawling and shouting, going off the bus. And you've got a bus full of people looking at this guy going, what on earth is going on there? Because he was he was doing the same thing down the whole the length whole, of the bus. bus. Right. But the difference is, you know, when it's people that are, you know, pensioners and whatever else and things, you're going, right, well, okay, you can do that with them, but when it's somebody that is actually, you know, able to stand up to themselves at, or up for themselves, it becomes something totally different. So, um, 
as a kind of total side shoot there, but um, basically, don't don't fall in that trap. Don't think that you're the robust person that's going to deal with it. If you're the person that takes the path of least resistance, just accept that that's who you are. So either let somebody else deal with it, or you know try and subtly hint to try and change behaviour rather than going straight for you know straight for the red card um but ultimately what i would say is if you are the dm then you and again i think we've said this in our you know starting out as a, a dm episode think of yourself as the referee um and you can think of that in different different reasons that are sorry in different kind of categories for that so you're the referee in terms of you know, making sure that the rules are followed in the game. You know, that's a kind of obvious aspect of it. The referee, in terms of if you've got player disagreement at the table, you know, nothing particularly dramatic. It's just person A wants to go on a quest, whereas person B wants to stay and rest up before they go on the quest so that they're <clears throat> prepared fully for it. You know, if you've got something like that, then you might need to step in and mediate a little bit there. But if you do get behaviour which has crossed the line and again different people will have different lines then you know don't rely on the players doing it because that again can descend into chaos because the players in general will view themselves as as on a level as equal because they're all turning up to play your game Mm -hmm. So naturally as the DM, because you're making decisions about rules and things, people are kind of relying on your judgment. So if something like that is happening, then again, try and deal with that yourself. If you are a kind of relatively confident person or whatever, then great, go ahead, do that. But if you are, if again, if you're a more timid person or whatever, and you've got somebody that's been passive aggressive or whatever then you know don't don't panic about getting somebody else at the table that's a stronger personality to to back you up as it were um in terms of actual strategies and things um as simple as getting in contact with them and just saying look this is what's happened and you know it's happened in x y and z occasions and again, try talk to them about it beforehand so that then when you make a final decision, you can genuinely turn around and tell them, well, we've warned you and such and such a date, such and such a date and such and such a date. And then it means that you're, you know, you're kind of covering yourself from that point of view. And again, there's nothing wrong with being direct. You don't need to be rude about it. You don't need to be aggressive or whatever. Um, just being direct normally can solve a lot of issues might create a couple initially but as time goes on you know it's dealt with it's done there isn't any repercussions whereas if you you know mysteriously at the last minute text them and go oh sorry i'm not feeling well so you know i'm gonna cancel the game tonight but you've still got everybody else around at your house well sometime down the line they can find out about that and then it's going to give you issues yeah. further down and things so being direct is always going to be the best way of 
solving whatever issue you've got. And again, it's part practice as well, because sometimes people, when they try and be direct, they're they're blunt. And there's a difference between being direct and blunt, you know, turning around and going, I don't like the t-shirt that you're wearing. That's that's direct, that's saying it, but mm-hmm. turning around and going, my God, that t-shirt that you're wearing makes you look like a homeless clown. You can okay, leave, you've you still... Can get out of my house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, like with the two of them, ridiculous example, right? But ah. you've, you've, you've conveyed with both of those statements that you don't like the t-shirt, but... You know, one of them's gonna make somebody more likely to cry. <laughs> you know, I, I I've got to, <clears throat> to be honest. I'm I'm a direct guy because yeah. for the I think fundamentally I've had I've had players. Now you've maybe not had this experience mm-hmm. yet, but I've had players that were unlike communicable to in tables, and it's just like you need to wrap it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll maybe divulge more details in a proper episode because the thing is they still need to be polite mm-hmm. fundamentally I've had tables where players have been upset because of it you know and there's been f- visible stuff that's happened at the table where people have been annoyed or uncomfortable but and it, it, it's been with maybe not like I mentioned some of the, the guys before the bigger group we've had stuff happen at mm-hmm. tables before but it's never been stuff that it's not been like oh sorry and people have yeah. but I've seen tables where it's it's been like man it's not even been a regular in some cases which means mm-hmm. you can just basically tell them to jog on which has happened before but this there's been one case I can think of in the recent history maybe a few months ago um, that it was like it was a regular that had done it and I was like this it's not going to slide but it was a it was a direct approach I took, and it was direct outside of the table. But we'll maybe talk about strategies for dealing with psychos at a later point. Um, but it's it's certainly something. Let them slip through the cracks if they can, and mm. if they can, you can get rid of them in other ways, and you can hear that in another episode. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, genuinely, I think it's worth maybe exploring that um, yeah. because it's a hard subject, <clears throat> and especially if you're not someone that's used to a lot of confrontation. Like, yeah. In my job, I get a lot of confrontation. It's not like people have got stuff wrong. It's just you're usually working in focus groups. Or <clears> it's, I come from a techie background, but kind of an advisory role at the moment. So there's a lot of, I wouldn't even say different opinions. It's like completely opposing opinions and there's always conflict. But if you're somebody that isn't used to that, it, it can be very uncomfortable. But yeah, um, <clears> certainly <throat> tune in into a future episode to find out how you deal with the regulars or anyone that's a pest um, to everyone involved and everyone agrees that's yeah, an important one yeah too. and again again we've kind of touched on it a little bit if it's somebody that's a regular and it's a sort of a minor thing but you need to you need to deal with it you need to nip it in the bud that's going to be totally different to deal with than somebody who has literally turned up to your group for their first game and they've turned around and they've just like <laughs> slapped somebody at the table and they've then tried to claim that they were LARPing or something you know there's, <laughs> there's two 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 different kind of levels of tolerance that you've got for those two different situations yeah. and what's appropriate to deal with um, so it's uh, yeah it's probably yeah. worth more of a dive into I don't I don't know if I can actually say one of them on 
Pog. I'll tell you one after this, right? right but okay. um, it's not that bad, but I don't know if I should actually bring it up But in another episode, but we'll talk about it between episodes. Mm. But uh, I think that's everything for me. I don't know if there's any closing thoughts you want. I've kind of covered everything in detail there, so and, unless there's anything else... I, I don't really think there's anything no. else. I think we've, we've pretty much covered everything. Okay. Just to kind of summarise, if you look for a group, best thing is to try and go through your own personal groups you know so friends family and again work school whatever right try try tick them because chances are you already know each other which means you don't have any of the kind of ice breaking stuff to kind of get to know people to kind of then get playing the game and then everything that goes along with that so try and do that as your first option as a second option you can then look out with that so again whether you're using uh, different Facebook groups whether again you trust us enough to use any of our stuff that's kicking about whether you you know go on um, like an online tabletop platform if they've got a section that you can search for games amongst all their members and you know whatever there's different options there I would always make that my second choice um, just just for the reasons that we've talked about yeah, uh, and then like Jordan had talked about if you find that anybody is starting to drift don't panic about it just let them let them go let them find whatever their their frequency is going to be let them find whatever their level of commitment is going to be and again if you do that then what you're doing is you're strengthening whatever your core group is going to be at the same point don't take the huff with them and you know stop them from turning up to future games because they're only turning up one in every four games or whatever so you know always let them know that the door's still open um, that point that I made earlier on as well feeding into that I try and ask yourself what their 100% is and if you can answer that question then it'll, it'll give you an idea for who who in real terms your most committed players are um, and again you might be surprised if you haven't done that before now sit and have a think about it what's everybody got going on in their lives and then look at how many times that they're turning up and ask yourself you know who's really your most committed player there um, and again just keep at it um, like anything yep. practice is going to make perfect so keep at it from that point of view and as well if you keep at it if you've got new players there they'll eventually become more comfortable through repetition which then means that they're more likely to want to play it and the frequency is more than likely going to increase for you if you're if you're wanting to up the frequency but never try and push anything and again keep it relaxed um and I think that's pretty much everything. Yeah, I mean, it's really just about, and you've heard this before, it's about keeping it simple. Just, you know, ask folk, and if they want to play, they'll play. And anyone that's not that great or doesn't want to play will disappear. And that's yeah. it. Other than the edge cases that we kind of started talking about at the end there. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really our take on starting up your own kind of group of regulars, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, I don't know if you've got any thoughts that are different from this. Uh, definitely hit us up in comments or let us know if, if there is a Spotify poll let us know in the Spotify poll um, we'd just love to see and just engage with you a bit to see what, what your experiences are because it might who knows based on what you guys say we might have 
revised episodes of some of the topics if there's something yeah. that we've learned because this is just our experience mm-hmm. um, but sure just definitely get in touch with us at some point um, anything else maybe the socials yeah so again we've got Facebook kicking about we've got Twitter kicking about there's Instagram there there is others Discord that's yes, the other one I was Discord. thinking of so you can get in touch with us through them um, again we've got a section on Discord which is if you're searching for a group you can click on that or if you're a DM want to establish a group that's there as well for you to to fire away whatever it is that you're doing in there um, and another thing as well just whilst I'm thinking about this if you've ever had an uncomfortable situation at the table where you've had to rein in some behaviour or if you've been unfortunate enough to be in the position that you've had to get rid of somebody because of whatever the situation is let us know about that as well because I think doing a follow up to this where we kind of look at different situations and what we think is the best thing to do would be interesting so it'd be interesting to see what the situation was and how it resolved and then maybe we'll get our take on that as well so you could do that as well Uh, if it's not too fresh by the time we do the episode I might have a couple of different (laughs) um, I'm not saying I didn't I wasn't involved in all of them but uh, we'll see (laughs) some to all no there was aye there's 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 different approaches so we'd definitely love to hear your take especially in this episode because that kind of will line us up for what we talk about as well because it can contrast maybe with some of the stuff that I've maybe tried myself or, Mm -hmm. or seen people try but anyway thanks for listening or watching uh, wherever you are for spotify or youtube um yeah i think that's about us so thanks everybody and we'll get you on the next episode i'll see you then